What's up, everybody? This week, six edition of the NFL Flowchart Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers, where you can win 100x your bet. That's right. Turn $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. What is going on, everybody? Happy to be here in week six. Had a bit of a fun week five. Uh, I don't think... The cash flow chart did very well because we didn't have Jamar Chase. Uh, so that was tough to get there without the 55-point performance. However, GPP flow chart was uh, a pretty good winner. And I'm thinking that it helped some people uh, take down some small field lineups because we had that um, Miami Dolphins stack with Jamar Chase there in the GPP side of things. And so as it always seems to work out, we can't. We can't nail both of them, but we're going to try it again this week uh, and uh, get get across the cash line and get bubbled up to the top there in GPPs. I do think it is a very interesting week six um, because, number one, there's not a huge game environment that everybody's loving. Uh, there's not a there's not a big total that's, you know, far and ahead uh, the rest of things. And, and And then also, I think there's not the cleanest of chalk this week. There's not the cleanest of popular players we do have quite a few different injuries uh to account for this week um but i think um you know there's people are priced uh accordingly and uh there's only a few spots that are call it you know no-brainer smash picks and i think when there's not a ton of great game environments and there's not a ton of great chalk that leads to some more fragile chalk um and i think that's where we really want to try and exploit that in GPPs. Uh, so I think we'll start here as we do every week with the cash game flowchart. So let me get that shared here. Okay, so cash game core this week is uh, we're sticking with four players. Uh, and then from there, there's actually quite a few different decisions to make. And so I think it's... Uh, going to be a little bit tough uh, to nail in on a cash game lineup. I will try to uh, talk about it tomorrow morning uh, with Mike on the Team Hold show, uh, where I'm ultimately landing for cash. But I think right now it is pretty wide open and there's uh, a lot of things that we kind of need to tinker with and, and figure out where we're going to land. But I am pretty confident in the four, I am very confident in the four players that we have in the cash core right now. And so starting with running back, that would be Raheem Mostert, uh, 6,400 for the Dolphins, uh, and Deontay Foreman, 4,400 for the Bears. And then at wide receiver, we're just basically shoving in the two studs uh, this week, Tyreek Hill, 9,300, and Jamar Chase, 8,300. So... Um, with this core, you obviously get two stud receivers uh, in pretty good matchups uh, this week. And then you also get uh, kind of a mid-tier running back who's underpriced in Mostert uh, due to the Devin Ashane injury. Um, and then Jeff Wilson is not going to be back this week. And I think there's still some potential injury stuff happening with Saab and Ahmed. So, um, or Ahmed. Um, so... Mostert, I think, is a really, really solid pick, should be in every single cash game lineup. Um, and then, you know, I think Deontay Foreman at 4,400 is a 
player that you could argue a bit. Um, obviously, Chuba Hubbard is at 4,300, and we'll talk about him a little bit later um, in the flow chart. Um, and so I think, you know, Colin, Colin Foreman, a, a core play, locked-in play over Hubbard is is potentially a spot that you could argue and, and you can uh, swap around a bit. Um, but I do like uh, Foreman's potential usage a little bit more in this game against the Vikings. I think this game's going to be a little bit more high scoring. And I just think there's not a whole lot behind Foreman because every other running back is basically pretty hurt. And so it's going to be Foreman and Fields essentially taking all of the rushing. Um, and we've seen Foreman have some big games um, in the past when he's got some of that rushing workload with the Panthers last year, um, actually in the same backfield as Chuba Hubbard. Um, and so I think that's that's why I'm slightly leaning Foreman, um, but you can make an argument for both. Okay, so that's a pretty solid cash game core. You're going to be pretty happy with the output from these two stud receivers. I think the only other receiver that's up there in consideration would be Cooper Cup. He's $300 cheaper than Tyree Kill. Um, but I just don't think, I mean, we've seen, obviously we've been disappointed by Chase a bit, but we've seen what he's able to do last week. Um, and we haven't really been disappointed yet this year by Tyree Kill. And so I think it's okay to just kind of let Cooper Cup have another week. Um, I'm going to talk about Puka a little bit in the GPP flow chart, but I actually like him a lot this week. Um, and so I think just kind of go with what's safe, Tyreek and Jamar Chase, um, and don't don't feel the need to differentiate down the cup. Okay. So at the quarterback position, Gardner Minshew has opened up um, a lot of, uh, you know, opens up a lot of good options at a $5,000 uh, QB uh, tag. And um, so he'll kind of be able to help us fit in maybe some higher priced um, options if if you prefer that in, in kind of some of the later decision points. And then the other quarterback I think that's worth considering this week would be Joe Burrow at 6,300. Um, the quarterback tiers themselves are relatively flat this week. You know, we've got Jalen Hurts at the top at 8,200. Um, and then we've got two and Justin Fields in like the mid sevens and then a lot of guys in the mid sixes. And so um, and, and there's nobody that's like absolutely popping off uh, from a projection standpoint. And so I think uh, Minshew makes a lot of sense at 5000. I mean, we've we've seen him have some good passing days with the Eagles uh, before we saw him fill in pretty nicely. I think that was in week three um, with the Colts. And I mean, he threw for. 200 something yards, a touchdown, and that's about it. Um, but at 5,000 bucks, we don't really need a ton from him. And so um, we we just kind of want to have him uh, focus on trying to rip apart this Jaguars uh, passing defense uh, and just uh, feed some passes to Pittman and Josh Downs in call it a day. Um, and then on the flip side, Burrow, you know, the Seahawks have not had the greatest defense this year. Um, and if you can add in some correlation there with Burrow and Chase. Obviously, that's that's always useful on the cash game side of things, um, but definitely not a necessity to force that stack. I do just think he's the best uh, priced mid-tier 6K uh, quarterback. Uh, okay, so make that decision point at quarterback, and then there's another decision point to make at tight end, um, and that's between Evan Ingram uh, with the Jaguars at 4,500 and Logan Thomas with the uh, Commanders at 3,500. Um, I think Ingram's pretty straightforward. Uh, there's a lot of Jaguars that are popping this week. The Colts don't have a very good defense. Um, and as such, the Jags, uh, quite a few of the Jags players are 
um, showing his good value, Etienne, Ingram, Christian Kirk. Um, and so I think Ingram is a pretty solid play there. We, we know he's a target getter, um, so we shouldn't be too concerned about that. Uh, we shouldn't be too concerned about his floor. I am a bit concerned with the price tag at 4,500. That is getting up there for a cash game tight end. Um, you know, Laporta last week, I would argue, is a much safer play, and he was only 5,000. Um, and so I'm a bit nervous about that. I'm likely going to play the Logan Thomas path uh, at 3,500. Uh, coming off an 11 target week last week, I think Thomas uh, is, and, he, and he's matched up uh, with the Falcons this week, who are giving up the most uh, fantasy points to tight ends this year. Um, and so I think Thomas is a really good play this week at 3,500. Um, there's also, you know, a, a few other tight ends to maybe consider um, if you want. You can take a look at Kyle Pitts in that same game with Logan Thomas. You can take a pick at Johnu Smith as well. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I'd rather just take the one guy that's priced at 3500 That's not going to have any other tight end competition on his own team um, than go straight to uh, two potential tight ends that are going to eat away at each other at the same exact price tag, right? So last week, Pitts and Smith made a little bit more sense because they were cheaper. Um, but now they're both up at 3500 which still is relatively like expensive for a cash game tight end. The really cheap tight end that is worth taking a swing at, and we'll talk about him in the GPP flow chart, is Mike Jacecki, um, who's down there at 2700 The Patriots are a little bit uh, beat up and battered this week in the receiving game. And so I could see Mike Jacecki get in some more uh, run this week. And so I don't think that's a horrible option at 2,700 to save that 800 bucks. Um, I just wasn't able to play around and make things work really cleanly with Jacecki, but you know, maybe with a little bit more messing around a little bit more tinkering, there could be some viable Jacecki pass. Okay. So those are the decisions to make there. Um, obviously you can see kind of the price point differences. Then um, for, kind of the the, the fill in the gap right and so oh i put in some defensive options here i would do defense last i just put them in this column i uh, i think the browns bucks the bears are all pretty viable honestly there's not really a defense that sticks out to me this week for cash um there's it doesn't look like there's going to be a popular one um in the cheap range and i'm, I'm just never going to pay up for expensive defense um in cash unless there's like a really clear path to a lineup and i don't think there is this week and so honestly like every defense under three thousand dollars is projecting pretty well um and is projecting for pretty spread out ownership which is a bit scary on the cash side of things because if you get the defense wrong um and you know 10 or 15 percent of the field has a different defense and they go off um, that's definitely something that could put you behind, but I think uh, I'll try to keep my finger on the pulse a little bit more, try to figure out where people are headed with defense in the most popular build, see what's going to be most popular in cash, and then we'll probably just try to funnel there. I'll, I'll update that tomorrow morning as well on the show with Mike. Um, so anyways, um, the, the, the third thing that the third column this week is you kind of need to pick your cheap piece. And so we started with Deontay Foreman, um, and from there, so so you have a cheap running back already. You can decide to have two cheap running backs this week. And um, both of these kind of pairings work with uh, really any of the decisions that you go with. I think if you do go with Burrow and Ingram, you have to go the Hubbard and Downs route. So that'll be, you know, two um, 
cheap, cheap pieces in this last column. But any of the other mixing and match in Burrow and Thomas, Minshew and Ingram, Minshew, Thomas, stuff like that is where you can uh, pay up a little bit more. Um, so you can choose your cheap running back in Chuba Hubbard. Uh, so again, that would be the second cheap running back in our lineup, um, which would bring us to three running backs overall, Chuba, Foreman, and Mostert. And then from there, you would pair your third receiver, uh, depending on where what you decided at quarterback and tight end. We'd either go with Michael Pittman, 6,300, Christian Kirk, 5,400, Marquise Brown, 5,300, Josh Downs, 4,100. Um, and so again, that's just kind of based on the pricing from the, the columns prior. Um, between Kirk and Marquise Brown, uh, that's a tough one. Um, and that's a decision that a lot of people are going to be having to make this week. Uh, Brown is a bit questionable, but if he is a full go, which is tough because it's a late, it's a late game tomorrow. Um, so hopefully we get that news in the morning. If he's a full go, then I think I would lean Marquise Brown. Um, but you know, a lot of people are going to be playing Christian Kirk. Um, and I think he's going to do well. I mean, he's going to face some zone defense, which he typically is a little bit better against man. Um, but I'm not sure, you know, how much that stuff matters. Um, and then, yeah, like, like I said, you could pick kind of between Pittman and Downs um, in some of these, and those can complete some stacks with Minshew. Jamie's asking in the chat, uh, do you like that Minshew and Downs stack this week? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I honestly, so in for cash games specifically, it's, uh, it's never a requirement to stack the quarterback. Um, but I do think whenever it can work out and you're not really reaching or stretching or anything like that, I do think it's a, obviously a big positive to stack the quarterback because what a lot of times people talk about in cash is, is that floor. Um, but if you're playing a lot of double ups, um, or sorry, if you're playing a lot of head to heads in cash and less of the double ups, you do want to account for that ceiling outcome in the head to heads because you're not just having to beat half the field. You're having to beat one player and you don't know what exact lineup they're going to have. And so having a little bit extra ceiling in your head to heads um, in the lineup that's going to go into the head to heads, I think makes a lot of sense. And we get that with the correlation, right? So Burrow with Chase, Minshew with Downs, Minshew with Pittman, stuff like that really works. Um, and then the other one that doesn't really have a ton of other options uh, to, to pair with it, which is why I only have this double pairing here, is to start the cheap piece with Josh Downs. And then you can also fit in Kyron Williams um, at running back. And so just to kind of recap the decision point there at running back, really what you're doing is you're deciding, do you want Raheem Mostert and Kyron Williams with Deontay Foreman? Or like I said, you couldn't mess around and, and put in Ch Chubba Hubbard there. Um, or do you want to do Raheem Mostert and Deontay Foreman and Chubba Hubbard? um and, and have to kind of two cheap running backs um and and i mean you know this is this is my preferred path right i prefer Mostert, i prefer foreman um over hubbard and williams although they're not that much far off but if you have a strong position on williams over Mostert or hubbard over foreman you could easily pivot those guys to the core and move those other guys around and see what your other options are um so relatively kind of flexible this week which actually makes it pretty tough in cash and again i think it's going to be a lot of uh late <clears throat> um decision points as we get to lock and i'll try to like i said i'll try to keep my finger on the pulse a bit um and figure out uh where the crowd is going and if there's any super super chalky pieces that we want to get into cash that way we're not dealing with that risk okay um i think that about sums up the cash game 
uh, pick. We'll uh, hit the ad read here. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100x payout. And for a limited time, Underdog is extending the first deposit bonus up to $500. Also, $100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy. 10 lucky players will win 10K each. um, So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com when you sign up with promo code sgpn underdog will double your first deposit of up to 500 that's underdog fantasy promo code sgpn okay now let's get into the fun stuff this is going to make some people feel squeamish but if we're not doing that we're not playing gpps right all right here we go baby jimmy g jimmy grappolo and the raiders are headlining the gpp flowchart this week it's gross. It's ugly. It's probably it has a pretty decent chance of failing. But let me before you before you start hating. Before you start hating, let's let's just take a look at what the most popular quarterbacks are going to be this week. Most popular quarterback out of the gate is Joe Burrow. We've already seen Joe Burrow have a couple failures uh, this year specifically. Uh, we also have Matthew Stafford. Going to be pretty popular, 6,100. We also have Trevor Lawrence, going to be pretty popular, 6,500. Um, Gardner Minshew at 5,000. Uh, and then um, that's that's the top tier of four quarterbacks that are going to be the most popular. Burrow, Stafford, Lawrence, Minshew. None of those guys are huge threats on the ground, right? None of them are are, are, are big threats to, to steal a lot of rushing, right? Um, the two guys that are potentially, you know, rushing threats are Hertz and Fields. And then the other kind of person that we have to be worried about is Tua, who's, um, you know, got, doesn't really have the rushing upside, especially after the concussions. It's not been rushing a whole lot this year, but does have this just explosive Miami offense under him. And I think, um, you know, has plenty of potential to put up some high scoring games. However, Jimmy G is $2,000 cheaper than all of those guys. Um, than than and and three thousand dollars cheaper than Hertz, um, and so when when we kind of take a look at like uh, so I run some of the simulations um, and I basically look at players' average score um, over the past few years, and I take their standard deviation that they have basically to to help understand their range of outcomes, and then I pair that up with their projection this week and I run a simulation of like two hundred games or something, um, and basically that kind of gives me an idea of how often players are hitting certain thresholds and obviously like the 4x and the 5x threshold is really what we want to try to target in gpps right if your whole lineup hits 4x that means you're scoring 200 points um and that's you know that's definitely usually good enough to have a sweat um in some of the small to mid midfield contests um and so jimmy g is just really popping off the charts here this week when it comes to those 4x and 5x projections and like i said like there's just not a whole lot of other quarterbacks to be scared about this week per se. Um, and so I think Jimmy G is totally fine. Load him up at 5,300 and uh, let's have some fun with the Raiders. The other thing that's really exciting about the Raiders. Um, and again, the Raiders have not been great. They've not been super exciting. I get it. Um, they they, they kind of suck as a football team. They're also playing a team that really sucks as a football team called the Patriots. Um, but the thing that's really, really enticing about the Raiders is they have a super condensed offense. Like 
the most condensed offense in the NFL this season between Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and Jacoby Myers. These three guys are accounting for over 85% of the non-QB fantasy points this year. So, like, you could play a block of all three of them, and they would score pretty much all of the Raiders' points this weekend. Now, of course, if the Raiders put up 13 points, that's not great. But if the Raiders get to 25, 30 points, there's def- it's definitely going to be coming through these three guys. Um, and so that's just what we've seen so far from – uh, the Raiders this year. And so I really want to lean into that condensed offense um, and see, you know, if we can, if we can finally have a week here where the Raiders go off a bit and uh, do some damage against the Patriots. So we're going to start with Demonte Adams in every lineup. I think right off the bat, that gives us a pretty good shot at keeping up with the Jamar chases, the Tyree kills, the Cooper cups, those kind of lineups. We know Devonte Adams has big games. Devonte Adams also has a pretty good history, mostly on the Packers, of course, um, of following up dud games. Last week, I think he only had like three or four catches. Following up dud games with really big performances. Uh, he's had like three or four uh, games when he was on the Packers where he comes out the week after a single-digit performance and puts up 30-plus. Um, and so I would expect Adams to just be demanding targets this week um, and to really kind of get him cooking against the Patriots, who are without um, – uh, their rookie Christian, uh-oh, I'm missing what his name is. Uh, he's a rookie. I think whatever that corner is, he's out for the year. <laughs> uh, I forget what his last name was. But, um, yeah, he's out for the year. So I think their pass defense is, is going to be, uh, you know, not as good as maybe it seems on paper. Um, okay, so then from there, you just kind of pick the other Raider that you want. Josh Jacobs at running back, 7,000, or Jacoby Myers at receiver, 5,800. Um, I really think Josh Jacobs is one of the better um, – running back choices this week just because he's been getting like a ton of usage and he maybe hasn't got there yet on touchdowns um but he's been getting a ton of usage he's been getting actually a pretty good receiving game um play which which isn't typical for jacobs um and uh he's just really getting all the running back opportunities here and so uh, just keep feeding them and hopefully if we pair him up with jimmy g tosses him off a little dump off and we get a touchdown and we get it for both guys so uh, I think that's really good. And of course, starting with Jimmy G stack kind of lets you do whatever you want on the back end here. Um, and so I think that's a, a really exciting thing this week because, again, like I said, there's not a ton of good chalk. Got to sneeze. Oh, didn't come. Um, I don't think there's a ton of great chalk. And so. Uh, being able to kind of do what you want on the back end, starting with that lower own piece, I think is pretty fun. Okay, so then what we're going to do is we're going to move to column two, where we're going to pick our tight end and our chalk running back. So these are the exact same two chalk running backs from the ca- cash game flow chart, Raheem Mostert and Kyron Williams. Um, kind of take your pick there. Obviously, Mostert's going to be a bit more popular. Uh, Kyron Williams does have pretty good odds on uh, I forget where it was DraftKings that I saw it, that uh, pretty good odds to score a touchdown this week. Um, but you know, they're basically the same price, pretty interchangeable. I think either of them are pretty good options. And then a tight end, uh, again, you could, you could go with Mike Jacecki as the bring back on the Patriots. I think I, uh, I think I might've got his price wrong there. No, he has 2,600. Um, so you, you could go with Mike Jacecki as a bring back on the Patriots. I also don't think you need to force it because we just saw the Patriots lose for 34 to nothing, um, to the, um, Saints last week. 
And so I don't think you need to force a bring back this week with the Patriots. However, they are a bit injured. They are a bit banged up. And so there are some options on the Patriots if you want. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Mike Jacecki, I think are the three that I would kind of go with if you're hot and heavy on having a bring back in this game. I like Jacecki a lot just because he's basically min price for a tight end. We haven't really seen a very big game out of him, but at 2,600, we don't need much. And you would expect him to be on the field a little bit more with a couple of their receivers banged up, Juju, uh, and then Demario Davis or Douglas or whatever his name is, uh, also a rookie. Um, so, yeah, I think that's decent there. And then, like I touched on in the cash game flow chart, Logan Thomas, I think, is a really good tight end pick this week. Um, and I think out of the group that he is priced around, Kyle Pitts, Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz, I actually think Logan Thomas will come in lower owned than all those guys. Um, but Sam Howell has been feeding this guy quite a bit. Um, and he, he got 11 targets last week, and I just think uh, he's a pretty good player, especially against the Falcons, who are giving up a lot of points to the tight end. Okay, so you can kind of mix and match. I have a note here at the in that column that you can mix and match those around if you're building multiple lineups, right? So don't just think you have to pair Mostert with Thomas or Williams with Jacecki. Um, That's just how I kind of threw them together on this chart. And now column number three, uh, the first time we've had this column this year called Pick Your Leverage. And I think it's really, this is one of the more fun columns to have, one of the more fun decision points to make. Um, and again, this is this is in a week where, um, you know, we don't think the chalk is super strong, right? And so when we don't think the chalk is super strong, we can either fade that chalk right if if we just think it's like a bad like people are it's it's fragile right so so the chalk I, we think is fragile there's more fragile spots this week and so we can either completely fade it and just say ah no i'm just gonna like skip that player skip that price group whatever or if we think that the environment or the game environment or the team environment is still a pretty good environment this week we can find leverage within that chalk, right? We can find leverage pieces to try and give our lineups uh, advantage over the field, right? And so, um, and, and leverage is super important to think about, right? And it's not something that I've talked about a ton so far this year. Um, but as the weeks go on, we typically see this happen where the chalk does start to um, become a bit more fragile, um, especially if there's not a ton of, you know, if the pricing is pretty efficient, there's not a ton of, uh, super obvious shock. So then, then the chalk becomes more fragile. The popular plays become more fragile, and then the leverage really sticks out. And so, if you think about it, you know this week the Jaguars are going to be pretty popular. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne are all going to be pretty popular plays. And so, you know, Ka Calvin Ridley is going to be a half or a third percent of the ownership of all three of those guys. Um, I think all those guys are going to be in the uh, high teens, low twenties and Calvin Ridley is probably going to come in at like five or 8%. Um, and just, we just like think through like the range of outcomes, right? Like could Calvin Ridley score 30 points in this Jaguars offense and be the piece that you needed? The answer is yes. Like easily. Yes. Like, yes, he's had some bad games. That's why he's not going to be popular. That's why his price tag and his projection are not very sweet this, this week, but He's also like completely capable of taking over, having a couple touchdowns, having a big day. And when that happens and your Jaguars piece is not one of those other three guys and it's, you know, Calvin Ridley, instead of picking Kirk, Kirk having a good day. And now you're up at the top of the leaderboards fighting 
between 22% of the lineups. You pick Calvin Ridley, he has a good day. Now you leapfrog all those Kirk lineups, and now you're at the top of the leaderboard fighting with five, five or eight percent of lineups. Um, and and that means the rest of your pieces don't have to be as perfect, right? If if you have a lot of popular players that do well, that means the rest of your lineup needs to be more perfect in order to win a turn. If you have a leverage piece that does well, that leapfrogs those popular pieces, it puts less pressure on the less to, le, on the rest of your pieces in your lineup to be perfect in order to win that tournament. So that's why it's always, always important to just try to think through the leverage plays, try to identify where some of those are. Okay, so talked a bit about Calvin Ridley there, 6,700 for the Jags. I think Tyler Boyd is another uh, really fun leverage spot this week. Um, it's a little bit contingent on the T Higgins status. I, I I can't remember if he's. I, I think he's still questionable. We'll have to kind of take a peek at his um, availability. Um, or he may have been ruled out already. I'm not. I'm not sure. It doesn't seem like things are trending in the right direction for Higgins, and he may end up uh, sitting another week. And even if he does play, he may not be not much more than a decoy. Tyler Boyd was a pretty popular pick last week, and he failed a little bit, so I think people are just going to be off of him. But it's really the same environment against actually a little bit of a better um, a little bit better pass defense. Uh, actually, no, Arizona's horrible. Um, so still a bad pass defense, though, this week in the Seahawks. Um, and so I think Tyler Boyd could get there, and he would be pretty good leverage off of Jamar Chase um, and Joe Mixon. And of course, you know, we're not thinking Jamar Chase is going to have a bad game, but if Tyler Boyd's the one that catches the touchdowns, uh, then we're really cooking with gas here in this flow chart. Uh, and then the last leverage piece is Amari DiMercato, who's a running back for the Cardinals at 50, uh, sorry, 4,900 this week. Um, and again, I think this Cardinals Rams game is probably going to be one that people start coming around on um, and is going to be pretty popular by the time Sunday rolls around. Um, you know, neither defense is very good. Um, both the passing offenses have shown some potential and shown some upside this year. And so I think a decent amount of people are going to play pieces from this. And so right off the bat for the Cardinals, um, you know, Zach Ertz is shown pretty popular. Marquise Brown, although he, I believe he is still questionable, he's shown to be pretty popular. And DiMercato is not... Um, is not uh, you know projecting very well because a lot of the sites are projecting that he's going to have a split backfield with Keontae Ingram. But I think that he's showed a little bit more juice. Keontae Ingram's coming off, I believe, a neck injury, which is always you know not the most uh, positive of things to come back from. And I think uh, Di Mercado is going to be able to uh, definitely uh, take the load of this rushing attack without James Conner. Um, and it's a... And the only, only reason that he is not popular this week because 4,900 is a great price tag is because people think he's going to split the backfield with Ingram. But we're just basically asking ourselves a question, what if that doesn't happen? What if he doesn't do that? And then he's a great option at 4,900 and he provides leverage off of Deontay Foreman and uh, Chubba Hubbard at like 4,400, 4,300, that same kind of price group. If those guys kind of dud out or just, you know, basically 3x their projection or something or 3x their price tag and Di Mercado has the big game, you're just totally cooking. Um, you're now competing with similar lineup builds, right? We have the Devontae Adams. We have some more high price receivers here that are going to be in those similar lineups. And you just have a ton of leverage off those uh, really chalky running backs. So I think he's a really fun option, a really fun 
uh, decision point to have. And I, I really want to try to keep my eye on beat reporters or some, some, some coach speak or whatever from uh, Cardinals coach to see if there's anything leaning that team Mercado is going to get the, uh, get the bulk of the work here. Uh, and then again, like I said, I love pretty much all the defensive options uh, below, like 2,700. I think I just picked a big group here. Browns, Bucks, Cardinals, Bears, Lions, just kind of mix and match and make them work, especially if you're doing multiple lineups. Uh, I wouldn't get too heavy on our defense. Nothing's going to be popular this week, so just kind of uh, spin them around and whirl it around. So choose one of those leverage pieces, Ridley, Boyd, or DiMercato. And then in the last column, you're actually going to be able to fill in two of these position points. Um, you may need a running back if you went the Jacoby Myers route. Um, you may not need a running back, but you want to play a running back. It, it is a really strong running back week this week. In cash, I think most lineups will have three running backs. Um, and so I think it's pretty viable to play three running backs in GPPs as well. Um, just over overall stronger um, projection than the wide receivers this week. So... Starting with the running back position for the fill in the gap pieces here, <clears throat> Bijan Robinson, 7,200. One of these weeks, Bijan is going to go off. Uh, he's going to have a runaway week. He's going to have the 35 DraftKings points or something, um, have the 100-yard bonus, have a couple touchdowns, have seven or eight catches, uh, and he's going to be the guy you need. And so I just kind of don't want to miss out on that week. And so I want to keep chasing it. And this week, he went down in price, and he went down quite a bit in ownership. And so that's – uh. That's a wheels up opportunity for me. I really, really like that potential. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 6,100. Really great play this week, I think. Um, there's been a lot of focus on the Eagles passing game. Obviously, we saw the big um, Devontae Smith week in week one. We saw the big A.J. Brown week last week. Or, or I think, yeah, last week he did well. Two weeks ago he did really well. Last week he did well. Goddard did really well last week. Um, but the Jets defense is not as susceptible to the pass, and they're a little bit more susceptible to the run. Um, and so I think Swift and Hertz um, should have a little bit more success this week. I actually think Jalen Hertz plus DeAndre Swift is a really sneaky way to attack this game and don't include any of the receivers um, and just kind of hope the receivers have so-so games, but Swift and Hertz score, you know, three or four touchdowns on the ground or Hertz even passes one to Smith uh, Swift. I think that would be great too. Um, but we saw like three times last year where Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders both scored like 30 points um, in the same game. And uh, I think that's definitely possible this week with Swift uh, and Hurts against the Jets. Um, and then I fit in Deontay Foreman here too. Like I said, I prefer him a bit more to Chuba Hubbard. Uh, he does make some things work within the flow chart uh, to fill in the gap there. Um, and of course, he's going to be popular, like I said. So I wouldn't pair, you know, Mercado with him because that's a leverage point that we're trying to have. Um, and so I would kind of maybe put him more in the, uh, the Calvin Ridley lineups or something like that, where you can pay up a little bit more at receiver. Uh, okay. Then at receiver, uh, Puka Naku, I, 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 um, you know, hinted at him a little bit earlier when we were talking about Cooper cup in the cash game as a potential option, but I think Puka Naku is a really interesting play this week. Um, Matthew Stafford is going to be popular for a reason. It's because he's pretty likely to just hit the $300 or sorry, the 300 yard bonus. I think the Rams are going to pass all over the Cardinals um, and the Cardinals just don't have a very good uh, passing uh, defense at all. Um, and so the, but the Rams just run like a ton of 11 personnel and Puka cup and like Tutu Atwell are just always on the field. 
always, always on the field. And um, I think Puka could be eating up some some of those underneath targets that the Cardinals are susceptible to give up. And so at 8,000, he doesn't project extremely well for his price tag, but I think we've already seen that the upside's there. And on DraftKings, when you start racking up those catches, get close to the 100-yard bonus uh, as well with the full-point PPR, I think Puka is a really great play um, and uh, is also some pretty good leverage off of Cup. Um, but gives you that ceiling too. I think people are still in the mindset like, oh, Cup's back, Puka's a bad play. I think both these guys are just going to be like top 15, top 18 receivers all year. And so I want to, I don't want to get off of the Puka train just yet. Um, Mike Williams is back this week, or or sorry, uh, is healthy this week. He's a, he is a full go after having a little bit of an injury. Um, And so I really like him at 7,100. We've already seen him play really well this year. Um, and, uh, I think this Bucks Lions game could be a pretty high scoring affair. And so give me access to the guy that's got the highest ceiling in that game is what I want. Uh, and then Adam Thielen again is, uh, some, some pretty interesting leverage. I think there's some wide receivers around his price tag that are, uh, going to be popular as well as the Panthers are, are going to be popular. And so I think, uh, uh, sorry, mostly Chuba Hubbard uh, on the Panthers are going to be popular. And so I think Adam, Adam Thielen's a pretty fun play, um, 5,900. We've seen him just get a ton and ton, a ton of targets um, this year. And so I think he is a great option there, um, mostly paired probably in your Ridley lineups as well uh, if you need the cash savings. Okay, so I think that about wraps it up. We're starting with the Jimmy G. Double stack with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs or Jacoby Myers. Uh, then we're picking a tight end. We're picking if we want it to be a bring back with Mike Jacecki or if we want to go Logan Thomas. And then we're picking a chalk running back to pair with that lineup, Raheem Mostert or Kyron Williams. From there, you're going to decide on one leverage piece, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, or Amari Mercado. And then in column number four, you're going to choose two of those pieces to kind of fill in the gap, uh, plus obviously your defense, uh, which I said anything. Um, below 2700 it looks pretty good for me so i think that wraps it up thanks everyone for joining this week had a lot of fun uh talking through it uh it's a tough cash game slate it's a fun gpp slate and uh enjoy hope to see you at the top of leaderboards later